We're going to jump into the series today called Supernatural, and we're going to actually have a holistic approach to moving forward in this as we learn the, the spiritual gifts. So let me explain what we're going to do. We're not just going to do a series, but we're also going to be doing a 21-day biblical devotional. And so starting tomorrow, get on our website or scan the QR code. If you scan the QR code and sign up for our newsletter in your inbox, tomorrow will be the, the way to also connect to this. So it can be sent to you or you can look on every day on our website. 21 days of doing something, you form a habit, okay? And we want to be people that are growing in the Bible. Also, come back next week because we'll be actually all taking a spiritual gifts assessment. And so this is going to help you. It's one of the ways it's going to help you discern your spiritual gifts and then make sure you're in one of our small groups because this is where we practice them. Your small group is your team where we practice this. So let's jump in. Lord, we ask now over these next two and a half months as we dive into this really exciting topic, open the eyes of our heart. And most of all, just let us fall more in love with you. You're the giver of every good and perfect gift. You're so kind to us. And so do something in our whole body as you bring us to maturity through this understanding. And everyone said, amen. If you're new to church, we say, everyone said, and everyone says, amen. Really cute. 1 Corinthians 1.12 says this, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. It's an amazing thing when you understand that you have a gift. Junior high is not an easy time. Can I get an amen? Uh, it wasn't for me, and uh, I asked my son if I could share this story. It certainly wasn't for my son, and it was a challenging time. It's a time where you're going, who are my friends? Uh, he had had some, some older kids be pretty rough with him, and so we were pretty challenged by that and discouraged, and so I'd never forget the day that I showed up at his school, and a coach pulls me aside, and he says, your son has a gift. He said, your son can throw a football. Like, he can be a great quarterback. And then he said, you know, this isn't something that can just be taught. Like, he was born with this gift. But then he said something interesting. So if he'll really work at it, then he can really grow and do something with that. He'll play football a long time. What I noticed is I, I went home and told my son that, and he just went, started to smile. You know, he, he, was, he was touched by that. And it was interesting to watch because all of a sudden, people started drawing to him. People started getting excited, especially receivers on the team because they thought, we have someone that can actually get us the ball. I also noticed, though, soon as, as he started jumping into that, that his gifts were dependent on other people's gifts. They worked together. Without a center snapping the ball, so a person who throws the ball is called a quarterback. A person who snaps the ball is called a center. Now, there's plenty of things that you could talk to me about, and I wouldn't have a clue. So I'm just assuming that everyone doesn't understand the sport of football. Um, the person that gets, yeah, someone said amen. Uh, some of you uh, don't understand why anybody in their right mind would play football. Uh, the people that are in front of them are called the offensive line. Without an offensive line protecting the quarterback, the quarterback doesn't have time to get out the ball. 
our gifts work together, and it's interesting how I started seeing my son developing friendships and having a great time with this team. It's interesting what our gifts do and how fulfilled we are and the way our gifts bring us together with other people. However, I've also heard numerous coaches through the years, as you talk about, man, that kid has a gift. The coach will say something like this. Yeah, they have a gift, but they can't carry their own water. They can't carry their own water. So today, my title is twofold. One, it's Intro to the Spiritual Gifts. Intro to the Spiritual Gifts. So we're really going to be jumping into an introduction today, and through this series, we're going to be unpacking the spiritual gifts. But my subtitle is this, How is Your Water Pail? How is Your Water Pail? And we're going to talk about that as well. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 7. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. So one of the things I want you to understand today is we're just talking about the Holy Spirit. There's one God. He's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're going to just be talking about one Spirit who gives many gifts. It says there's different kinds of spirit gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, say each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So here's what I want to tell you from the start. Every one of you has a gift of the Spirit. Every one of you has a gift. So I start talking about my son and him having a gift to throw, and you're like, oh, yeah, there's those few quarterbacks out there. No, I want to tell you, in the kingdom, God gives everyone a gift, every single person a gift, and that is our discovery journey we're going to be on for the next week's is what is your gift, and how can you grow in it, and how does it fit together with the body, and how does it bless other people? It's gonna be really exciting. The first thing I want you to see as we kind of go line by line through this text is this. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Another word in another translation is ignorant. Another word is misunderstand or unaware. Or he's saying, I want you to know Many times in the body of Christ, people think, oh, the spiritual gifts, those are just for the elite. Those are just for the people that make it on TBN. Those are, those are just for the super Christians. And no, the Bible says, hey, I want every single believer to understand the gifts of the Spirit. You can understand the gifts of the Spirit. And this is what takes us into maturity. And I want to say on the counter that when we don't know the gifts of the Spirit and you're not operating in the gifts of the Spirit, we stay an immature church. So it's very important for us to understand the gifts of the Spirit. And here's one of the reasons. It says, you know that when you were pagan, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Let me just tell you, when the church isn't operating in the gifts of the Spirit, Christians are prone to worshiping other gods 
to going after other idols. Because the gifts of the Spirit actually reveal our supernatural God. So some of you are like, why are, why are we doing a series on the supernatural? Because this was Jesus' way of revealing the Father. Can I just say that again? Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, he said, I and the Father am one. Jesus knew he needed to use the supernatural to reveal the reality of God. And if he needed it, how much more do we? And that is why the supernatural is so important because there's many people in church that are sitting going, you know, is God really real? And, and so when we don't see the supernatural work among us, we worship other things. So there's Christians that are more in love with cars than Jesus. There are Christians that are more in love with football than Jesus. There's Christians that are more in love with money. Their God is money over Jesus. Or their God is sex more than Jesus. We are prone to go to other things when the supernatural is not at work in the church because the supernatural reveals God because God is a supernatural God. Does that make sense? So when the supernatural is not working, our Christianity just becomes kind of a list of mental assertions. It's just like, okay, I'm gonna believe some things and I'm gonna do some religious actions. No wonder it's so boring and so untransformative. But when the spirit of God starts moving, the awe and the majesty and the reality that, whoa, God's at work among us. You see, anyone can go to a meeting and hear a good lecture. That's called a college. That's called a TED Talk. That's called a stand-up comedy club. But when the spiritual gifts are moving among us, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14, people will say, oh, God is with you. God is with you. And that's why it's so important. Jesus said this in John 14, believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. You see that? Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So Jesus is saying, church, I want you to do the works. The same works that I'm doing, I want you to do. And so that is why we're focusing in on the supernatural. We want to see what Jesus said come to fruition in our church. Therefore, this is 1 Corinthians 12, 3. We're just marching through this line by line. I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a reason why people don't get in the spiritual gifts, and it's because they're scared. And one of the reasons they're scared is they've only heard of the supernatural happening in the occult. Right, church, it's time to take back the supernatural. So some of the reason people are actually scared is they only hear about the supernatural in the occult. Well, they prayed and they did this, they cursed someone and this actually happened. Or, or they prayed and there was this weird, they were able to do this weird thing. And yes, I want to say there is dark spiritual power, but the light is more powerful. And the dark destroys and the light builds up. And so in order for people, if, you, if you're noticing, the world's just getting darker and darker. I saw a, a random, what, what commercial was that yesterday, Steph? It was like just maybe for shaving cream or something. And they were like, yes, my psychic told me. I'm like, what does a psychic have to do with shaving cream? But, but people long for the supernatural. 
And so that's why you're seeing more and more dark spirituality, because if the church isn't going to move in it, the, the enemy's going to find an opportunity to bring the supernatural. So church, we need to walk in the supernatural. The other thing I need to say is be, be, be leery. Beware of people and churches that discount the supernatural, because you're discounting the words of Jesus. You're discounting the New Testament. The scripture talks about eagerly desiring the spiritual gifts. Beware of a church that says the spiritual gifts have ceased because they're saying that Jesus has changed. And so just as it's dangerous to chase after dark spirituality, it's dangerous to have a Christianity without the power of God. Paul said, I didn't come with just wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So be very leery of a, a church or a people that condemn the spiritual gifts and say that they're over, because that is bad biblical study. And it's very pharisaical. The Pharisees were the ones who challenged Jesus. And, and instead of celebrating when he healed someone or celebrating when he delivered someone, they chastised it. So, so be, be very, I'm not saying be harsh to them and, be angry at them. I'm just saying beware because that is unbiblical. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's given for the common good. Now, why are we doing the spiritual gifts? This is one of the reasons why people don't like the spiritual gifts is they think that people use it for show. You ever seen, seen that before? You, you heard of that? Someone's up doing something amazing and they're getting all the glory, or they're trying to draw attention, or they're putting something on YouTube, or look at what I did. Look at how powerful I am. The scripture says this, they're given for the common good. You gotta understand, spiritual gifts are to bless other people. First Corinthians 14, 26, it says this, everything must be done so that the church may build, be built up. So first and foremost, you need to know that we're not gonna flaunt our spiritual gifts that the point of our spiritual gifts is to encourage someone else. Don't you, don't you love blessing other people? Don't you love helping other people? It makes you feel so good. Well, that's what the spiritual gifts allow you to do as a follower of Jesus. So let me take you into a story that one of, my, one of our leaders told me this week. There was a, a ministry group, and, and first of all, let me just say that we love other ministries. And so this, the point of the story isn't to, to hate on another ministry, but it was a great illustration of how we can, how we can grow. There's a ministry group from another city that, was, that he was with, and he said he was at, at a lunch, and he goes, Robert, I wanna tell you this story and ask your opinion on it. He said, we're having a lunch, and the waitress comes up, and this, this this group from a ministry started focusing in on her. So he said, I was excited about it because they actually cared about her having a God experience. And they said, would you want to see a miracle? And, and the, the young waitress said, yes. And so then uh, the, the woman at the table says, well, give me your hand, and you're going to get the gift of tongues. So she grabs her hand, and the, the, the one from the ministry says out some words, blah, 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 blah. Now repeat that. And the, the waitress goes, uh, okay, blah, 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 blah. And she goes, there, you got it. You got the gift of tongues. That's awesome. And she walked away. And, and my friend said, you know, 
Robert, what do you think about that? Because she seemed a little confused. And so then he had one of the guys, this is a leader in our church, so he had one of the guys he was mentoring, and, and the guy he was mentoring asked him like, hey, so what do you think about that? Now, I love what our leader said. First of all, he started with encouragement, which we always want to do about other churches and other ministries. He goes, I love the way that they focused on that, that woman, and they wanted to help her. But he goes, I'm not sure that that was biblical. And I'm not sure that that was helpful for her. She actually went away confused. And I said, man, I love how you did that, leader. I love how you said that because I love that you started with encouragement. We always want to look for what we can encourage. But yes, there are, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, there are actually numerous things that we want to grow in and not just focus on walking in a gift. So that brings me to how is your water pail? How is your water pail? My illustration is this. The Spirit of God in Scripture is often symbolized by water. And so when you are moving in the gifts of the Spirit, it's like you're bringing the water of the Spirit to people. You're wanting to bring a cup of cold water, refreshing water, to a thirsty soul. This is an old water pail, right? And the interesting thing about an old water pail is they were made with staves. So I don't know if you can tell, but these are actually different pieces of wood, right? Now, the pieces of wood, the water can only sit in how high all the staves are. If you cut one stave down, if one stave stopped here, how much water can you get in? Only this much. But if they all grow up together, you can carry this many, probably three gallons of water to someone. So let me explain what I explained to him. First of all, the, the first stave I would say that we want to focus on is biblical understanding. Biblical understanding. So when I read the Bible, I don't see I, the gift of tongues being given by saying, repeat after me. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. You got it, right? So what we want to do is have an accurate biblical understanding of the gifts. So one of your staves here is biblical understanding. You can only give someone that gift as we grow in these different staves. So that's what we're going to be doing over the next days. There are scriptures, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 14, Ephesians 4, we're going to be talking about these different gifts. That's why I want you to do this biblical journey with us for the next 21 days so you can grow. It's not super complex. It's not too hard for you to understand, but we do want to grow in biblical understanding. The next one is this. The next one is love. The next one is love. I hope you're writing these down. 1 Corinthians 13, right in the middle of the gifts of the Spirit, says this, If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. What's that saying? I don't know if you've ever had someone come up behind you and go with a cymbal. That is not a blessing, right? 
You're like, cool that you can play an instrument, but not very cool application of your instrumentation, right? We, we actually can be harmful or annoying to people with our gifts if they're not done in love. That's why many people don't like the gifts of the Spirit because someone came to pray for them for healing, but they went away feeling dumb or they went away feeling hurt because of the way the person prayed for them. Or someone came up to give them a word of prophecy, but the way they said it was totally painful or hurtful or shameful, right? So first and foremost, God is love. And what I, my greatest desire from someone to walk away after they've experienced a gift of the Spirit is for them to experience love. So church, can we agree to grow in love? So our water and our application of the gifts of the Spirit. So when a coach says they can't carry their water, what does that mean? You know, they say, well, yeah, that, that guy has a gift, but he can't carry his own water. It means he's not willing to do the hard thing, and he's not willing to carry his own weight on the team. So we need each of us, as we jump into this series on the gifts of the Spirit, we want to grow in love. Like, that's our commitment. Right? God is love. And in the middle of this teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, they're like, if you don't grow in love, your gifts actually become annoying. Your gifts, they become hurtful. And love actually is the one thing that will never disappear. So we're going to grow in the gifts, and we're going to grow in love. Can we say amen, church? Right. I actually had this uh, sad conversation with a friend who was traveling around with this minister, and this minister was moving in incredible gifts of the Spirit. His words of knowledge, his prophecy was incredible. But then my friend challenged him on something, and the minister hit him. And it broke this guy's heart. Because it was such, he had so respected this man for the power he walked in. And so it, it destroyed his heart that someone that walked in so much power would dis, misrepresent God so much. But we, we say it this way, and, and let me move to the next one, because the next one is this. We don't want to just grow in love, but we want to grow in godly character. We want to grow in, in godly character. Yeah, it's, it's great that you're moving in the gifts of the Spirit, but if you're going out and getting blasted on the weekend, then you misrepresent the character of God. So we want to be people who don't just, I mean, how many times the reason so many people dis, discount the gifts of the Spirit is that someone was moving in tremendous power and then we find out about their secret life. Let me tell you, we can destroy with our lack of character what our anointing builds. Let me just say that again. You're anointing the Spirit of God being on. You can build something amazing, and you can in a moment destroy it by your lack of character. So we want to be people who grow in godly character. Let's just go back to the football illustration, because some of you are just loving this. Um, there, there's a show called Draft Day with Kevin Costner. In it, there's this incredible quarterback. And the, the agents will not draft this incredible quarterback for this reason. It's such a unique reason. It's because none of his teammates came to his 21st birthday. What? That has nothing to do with football. No, the agents go, it has everything to do with football. Because that means that his teammates don't like him. And in order for a team to win, 
they have to respect their quarterback. They have to want to work with their quarterback. So he's like, if they won't come to his party, then they don't want to work with him. Then that team can't win. So what good is it if we're the most powerful people in the gifts of the Spirit if we don't have godly character? If our godly character is down here, this is the amount of water that you can actually carry to someone. This is the impact that your gift will have on someone. So we want to grow in biblical understanding. We want to grow in a heart and love, and we want to grow in godly character in every aspect of our life. When you have godly character, people actually trust you. I'm not talking about being perfect. And then we want to grow in Jesus's mission, right? One of the reasons people don't like the gifts of the Spirit is they're like, well, they're just, they're just on the side. They're just, you know, we can kind of take it or leave it, but what's important is to win souls. And I want to say, yes, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And how did he do that? Through the gifts of the Spirit. Jesus used the gifts of the Spirit to bring people into the kingdom. Yeah, we, we, what, what was Jesus' mission? There's two things. One, he said, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The other thing he said is, I will build my church. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So there are two reasons, and we'll talk about this more in the series, the two main reasons for the gifts of the Spirit are to reach the lost and to build the church. To reach the lost and to build the church. So we're not doing the gifts of the Spirit for a show. We're not doing them for a badge of honor. We're not doing them to just feel good about ourselves. We're doing the gifts of the Spirit. We're using the gifts of the Spirit to further Jesus' mission to further Jesus's mission. So when we have these staves and they're all growing together, then we can carry the water of the Spirit in your water pail, which is your life. How is your water pail? How is your water pail? Now, don't, don't be intimidated. You're like, wow, that's so much. Oh my goodness, I can't handle it. No, that's why we're gonna do this next series. And that's why we're gonna have this devotional time. And that's why we're gonna be devoting our life groups and our small groups to the gifts of the Spirit and to understanding and to growing in this. So I'm really excited about it. So let me just kind of come to the, a conclusion here. Uh, to have a healthy church. You see, th this is our goal, to have a healthy and mature church. Because some of you, when I start going, we're going to talk about the, the supernatural, you're like, oh, no, this is where we get out of balance. Or, no, no, this is where it gets crazy. Right? Next week, Robert's going to be swinging from a chandelier. If you notice, that's why we don't have a chandelier. Right? Um, in order to have a healthy church, we're actually going to grow. Uh, uh, this, this series, we're going to grow in our supernatural intelligence. Okay? So we're going to grow in our supernatural intelligence. But, but many of you know these studies that have been coming out, because people for years, they talked about IQ. I want a high IQ. You know, who has the highest IQ? Now they're saying that the greater determin determiner of your success in life is your EQ. Not your intelligent quotient, but your emotional quotient. How well you can read other people. How well you can know how to present yourself and how, how to, you can be understood, your EQ. How are other people experiencing me? Well, in, in a church, we wanna grow in several intelligence quotients, okay? So we wanna have supernatural intelligence, but we want, and, and that's the gifts of the Spirit, but we want to then also be growing in our love intelligence. So what's that? That is the fruit 
of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We want to be growing in our relational intelligence. That's why we have our, our five H's that we talk about from Romans 12, right? Culture of honor, hard work, healthy conflict, humility. So we're going to grow in relational intelligence. We're going to grow in our biblical intelligence. Many people's argument against the the gifts of the Spirit is, oh, those people don't know the Bible. They just go in, they do all these weird things, but it's not biblical. No, we're going to continue to grow in the Bible more and more. And every gift, we want it rooted in biblical underpinning. Lastly, we want to grow in our missional intelligence. The gifts of the Spirit, Jesus uses to actually further the mission. They're like the rocket fuel in the spaceship. What good is it to have a spaceship if you don't have fuel in it? And so what, that's what the gifts of the Spirit are. They actually propel us in our missional intelligence. So we're going to grow in our supernatural intelligence over the series, in our love intelligence, in our relational intelligence, in our biblical intelligence, and our missional intelligence. Amen? Let me just um, give you one more little list, list here because... Here's why I think people don't pursue the gifts of the Spirit. Um, they're like, this is dangerous. Some of you, you're coming in, you're like, man, I love all people because you're we're so biblical. We're always unpacking large texts, and you're like, oh, no, but now we're going to swing into the Spirit. Uh, here is why people, I think, don't pursue the gifts of the Spirit. And, and you're going to be able to answer people because many of your friends aren't on this journey. Uh, number one, because they think it's weird. Number two, because it can be scary. Number three, because people have abused them. Number four, because people flaunt them as a badge of honor. Number five, because people fake it. Number six, because people have operated in them have fallen into sin. And so let me actually say I recognize that this can be a dangerous endeavor. It can be dangerous to say, okay, now we're going to move into the gifts of the Spirit. Like, believe me, I know. As a, as a pastor of this church. But can I tell you another dangerous endeavor? Driving in a car. That's dangerous. People use their cars as badges of honor. But we don't take cars away. Uh, people can drive them too fast. People can drive them with a lack of character. Right? Even in San Diego. Uh, but 95% of you came to church today in a car. Why? Because they're powerful and effective for moving us forward in our mission. So don't throw out the gifts of the Spirit just because they've been used, uh, misused and abused, or you've seen people wrongly do them. They are going to take us into what God has for us. Let me end with this. Um, I did a funeral in which something was said that, that I had never heard about an individual. I was doing Ed Fowler's funeral, and I, I love that uh, what was said about Ed is every time he came to church, every time he came on a Sunday morning or every time he came to a life group, my friend said, he's the only person I ever saw that every time he came, he came not just to receive but to give. He always came with something to give, whether that was a prophetic word, whether that was prayer. His, his kids said, we always, the thing we always gave dad was new shoes. 
And the reason why is because he always gave his shoes away. He was always meeting people that were on the streets or homeless or, or, or their shoes were worn out. So they said we couldn't keep shoes on him because he was always giving them away. And, and maybe that's why at the end of his life, when we had his funeral service uh, a month and a half ago, why that place was just packed, not because Ed had some position, actually he had no position in this church, but because he had given his life to giving away. And that's the kind of people we wanna be. Amen, that's what you once said at the end of your life, is they use their gifts to bless other people. Why don't we stand up?